It is a three-day weekend proving fighting easier from outside the cage. And how do you celebrate Memorial Day? Well, as Raf so eloquently put it, for the UFC, they go to England, which is sort of a funny whatever. It's time to prove fighting is more American, but it's certainly easier on the holiday season when it's in England, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, how you doing? First of all, before we get into, how's your holiday? It's good. Um, I'm a little sad that I've witnessed a whole bunch of people barbecuing, and I haven't. Oh, that is a tough one. Yeah, so I have a barbecue I haven't put together for almost six months. And it's like, god damn it, I got to put this thing together because I smelled someone making hot dogs yesterday. That's it's the real. worst. It's real. It's very. I had uh, my good friend Elliot, who is a vegan. Gross. When he was telling me about food, he goes, oh, kind of like a vegan hot dog. And I go, a what? And he goes, a vegan hot dog. It's soy, Raph. And I go, no. Listen, dude, I don't give you shit about being a vegan. I really don't. <laughs> but you don't get that. Can you call it hot soy? I, I don't under. I, I uh, yeah. yeah, I don't like it. So I, I just, I'm not saying, you know, if you're listening to the show right now and you're a vegan, uh, it means that instead of listening to us, you just say, I'm a vegan for 60 minutes straight, which fine. Nobody's listening. Uh, I just want to say it's totally fine if you are. It's just there are some things that you have to agree maybe aren't yours. But, Kev, that's not even really what I'm worked up about because you're talking about food, I guess, really angered the fat kid inside of me. I have an actual uh, thing that it's made me a little disappointed, and I think you might be able to relate to it. Go for it. All right. So – Yesterday, uh, my good friend Jake, who uh, is British, came to interview me, and uh, I was talking with him on his podcast, and towards the end of the podcast, it kind of got a little loosey-goosey, and he mentioned something about, just as a dumb closing question, he just says, oh, well, what's your favorite cereal? And I go, oh, my favorite cereal is Lucky Charms. And at first, it looks like he's going to say it's wrong. And I'm staring at him, and I go, no, it's the right choice. I don't care what you think. Frosted Flakes, I can accept that as well. And he uh, goes, oh, over in England, we don't, really, we don't really do cereal. And I was trying to find the joke, and I was trying to figure out what it was I would say to him and saying, like, you don't have cereal over there? Do you have, like, what, bangers and mash? Is that what you call your cereal? What do you mean you don't do cereal? Like- Okay. I, Kev, I know it, it really made me angry and I started going on a series of three of making fun of the types of cereals that British people would have. And you know, the one I didn't hit what I didn't hit the joke of, Oh, Cheerios, because my brain wasn't thinking it was on a holiday and it's eating me alive that I didn't do that. Oh, it upsets you. The joke, not that your friend has shitty taste in one of the most delicious products in the world. Um, because that to me is like, that would bother me on a human level, but I do. <laughs> the problem is Cheerios is too happy. Like even the word, it's so illicitly joyful and you were just angry. It was like, God, fucking British. I'm just yeah. mad at myself, Kevin, and I know you are too, because we get week in and week out the opportunity to say the jokes that come to our brain very quickly, and if we ever mess up, we get another chance on there. This is my one time on his show, and I didn't actually comedically 
get it right. And that bugs me more than yeah. anything. That will bug me. And I know you know that because I know you've made an appearance where you can't go back in time. You're not mad, but you just go, oh. Yeah, that would have been a good joke. And more than, or more than even comedy, it's like I remember my early twenties. There's a lot of those. Like, ah, I can't go back. But I do like that. You, that's a very Leslie note. And it's like I'm wide awake and I'm staring at you. Is what I would have <laughs> said if I had thought of it. Right? <laughs> what did I say? And it's just like a blank stare. Um, Raph, we have a lot to get to that's non-serial related, though. You should see the uh, milk bar show on ugly delicious there's a ufc we're gonna fire off a shotgun of topics including a new character raf would like to introduce the world to that i'm excited for them to meet uh, and it's a rare time of year and it must be a holiday when raf says uh let's get some nba stuff going it's relevant it's current kobe won't shut up you, what makes your mind change in these moments, Raph, when you're like, maybe we should take a moment before we talk Mundials, ESPN deals, and dive into the joy that is NBA? It's your passion for LeBron? Kev, how close are we to the finals now? Thursday. It starts. After tonight, we have Rockets Warriors Game 7. We are recording this podcast before it. Um, because game sevens, even hockey, I mean, like the World Cup, they're an event. And we're, we're treated to two of them. Ravs BFF won one last night uh, with some of the staff of Verbal Tap, I think, is playing for the Cavs. I'll check. Yeah, I just okay. got a call that said they were going to be late. And I was like, oh, no problem. <laughs> so there's a game seven night and then they start Thursday. Is that your, you're like, okay, fine. We can talk about it. One episode briefly before the finals. Just because we're there now for two and a half months, nay five months. We're in NBA playoffs and we are finally at the stage. And listen, if this wasn't true, I wouldn't do this joke year after year, but it does feel like we've been in playoffs for a little bit. Because we've been in the mode of hearing about LeBron James every few seconds that there is on sports radio. Now, I say this, and I I know that you may think of us as your refuge away from LeBron James talk. Now, granted, I do everything in my power to make sure that we harness Kevin and we make sure that he uses his power for good and not for evil. However, what he did yesterday was impressive to the point where – even somebody else, and what was the the tweet that I sent to you that I said we need to talk about this? The Kobe Bryant tweet about we can't choose something that can't be chosen, whatever. Okay. <laughs> That's or, a pretty good phraseology, by the way. I, I just know he said he always Kobe says everything and nothing every time he talks. He's like, small movements are game changers and game changers come from big movements now and it's always like what the fuck is kobe talking about is he still something about someone setting a pick and hold on rev i do want to like state this publicly and i'm sure we've stated it every (laughs) year at 68265 how effing good of a an mma fighter would lebron james be just holistically 
If he's icing everything that I see him icing, not very well. Oh, come on. 48 minutes. I think he'd be I think he would genuinely just be like killing people in the cage. Mm-hmm. Like LeBron killed another huge person last night. I think his jiu-jitsu career in the future has a very bright f- – I think there's a lot there. Jiu-jitsu's different. I, I feel that's good. I feel that you get a good takedown on LeBron and he's on his back and, you know, whatever. Then Kobe tweets, there's no telling what Michael Jordan or LeBron would do from this guard take position. But To be fair, though, I am kind of interested to hear Kobe Bryant's opinion on, say, dancing. You have to take two steps forward before you take three steps back. What? I don't know what is that, what does that mean? Like Patrick Swayze still does <laughs> dirty dance. You're like, wait. Uh-huh? No. Well, I mean, kind of. They they've been doing a lot in these NBA playoffs to really broaden the the cultural aspects of how sure. much they cover the game. I mean, god, the sheer amount of people that ask whatever they think after fights does kind of put the UFC in a nice comparison. You're like, "Oh, Oh, at least they don't give everyone that's ever played in the NBA the chance to speak about things. And right. the people that do the announcers. So let me ask you this, because I want to, mm-hmm. well, as we're just encapsulating the whole NBA, do you ever listen to Van Gundy and Mark Jackson call a game? Little, but yeah. Okay. The UFC always does a better job than that. Just yeah. <laughs> constantly. I They upset me so much, especially Doris Burke's interviewing people <laughs> on the sidelines. Like, put her in the fucking mic. She's 100%. way better than these two geezers. <laughs> They're terrible. I think Ugh. every sport in their own way is a captain that's afraid of capsizing. So they just kind of say aloud, all hands on deck. Don't do anything different. If you don't move, we don't sink. So just stay steady. Here's the reason why I asked you to bring up the Kobe uh, tweet, though, is because there was some resistance that I saw. To people who they had an opinion on him injecting himself into the conversation with uh, LeBron and MJ and saying, whoa, where do you get off inserting yourself in there? Now, I'll make one defense. His numbers are pretty good. So he's in a conversation. I don't know if he's in that conversation. B, why are we doing this conversation every goddamn day? Michael Jordan has to be so pissed to wake up, read a newspaper and go, oh, God. Really, me, him, still? Jesus, fuck this guy. Yeah, but, I, I don't remember this being a thing with Jordan, to your point. No. like I don't remember every time Jordan did something, people being like, is it him or magic? Has he overpassed him? Like, it was <laughs> never, it wasn't every night. I agree with you, because I, we wake up and, like, Isaiah Thomas is already shitting all over Michael Jordan somehow, and it's like, why? Why are you doing that? Is the magic over? MJ, new crowd. So the reason why I brought this do up. Do we ever do that, by the way, in other sports? Mm. I'm trying to think of like another sport where we so compassionately shit on this, on one of the best of all time. I'm just trying to. Kind of. I mean, you can maybe make the case for Tom Brady, but I feel like fuck that guy. So Joe whatever. Rogan doesn't go into the after <laughs> card being like, you have passed GSP. Tell me your thoughts. Do you think you're the greatest? Do you think he's the great? Like no one does that. Well, Joe saves that goods for his podcast. Uh, so that's fine. Uh, but- Where it belongs, by the way, Raph, this message brought to you by indignant podcasting.com. Check out the rules. 
100%. We can't start naming all of these websites without buying them, Kevin. So for oh, the good of the podcast, maybe we should, you know. Yeah, and the verbal if we tap say legal it, we should team, have to buy it. The legal team is currently playing power <laughs> forward for the Cavaliers. So we're in a bit of a bind there. Good note, ref. Good note on the fly. But again, here's the thing with Kobe. He so eloquently put himself into the conversation. So even if people weren't saying him enough, the backlash, and I actually thought it was a pretty nice tweet, which was just saying, like, you know, I did pretty well too. MJ, obviously a legend, and LeBron's in the prime of his career, so why not just enjoy that rather than having to flush it down with talk? Now, of course he's going to put himself in there because he's competitive. But we're so fucked when Kobe's the voice of reason. I agree. 100%. But, Kev, let us take from his example and let us now start interjecting ourselves into conversations as well. Because I think it's also very interesting that people don't bring up my spectacular championship run when I was in Little League. So, guys, please don't compare every other Little League to every other Little League era. I know we always like to say who would beat who back in 1987, but we won. And I'm honored that you still remember that. So my 1997 baseball championship in the Hacienda La Puente district is just as good as everybody else's back then. Well, I mean, that kid, uh, Ricky, on on the blue team, (laughs) had a good year. I I also thought you were going to go the other way where it's going to be Kobe being like, look. It doesn't matter who Robert Mueller's investigating. Me, <laughs> Donald Trump, we're all just enjoy the ride. Like there's no reason like to find out he had some sort of let's all just take a deep breath and see what Kobe's endgame is here. That's all <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Raf, can we transition to yeah. some MMA? We're gonna do this uh debate style. We're just gonna that means we're gonna incoherently ramble through headlines. Um but on our way, we're mm. going to think about the people we love this holiday season. And would we like to see them in underwear that engineers and builds for the most active athletic training? I, I think we would, just for our empathy, not not for the visual stunning that is there, though, as well, because North South's amazing. Bamboo, silicone, and compression. Keep clean, comfortable, feeling free. NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Why not just tell them Verbal Tap sent you? See what happens. You know, say hi. Make sure you write in the comments. Uh, this podcast we love makes a lot of really helpful, helpful ads. Don't say what you really feel like they are. Help us out here. Keep the pirate ship alive. Mm. Ref, I also want to talk about proven nutrition. Um, would you say that proven nutrition of all the nutrition should just be acknowledged for being at the top of its game, Kevin, and that we shouldn't try comparing it to all the other previous proven yeah. entities before? Yeah, to like proven coats, which I think yeah. was a website in the <laughs> 80s or 90s. Um, it was early, early internet. But proven nutrition clearly has overtaken, and let's just enjoy their era as the number <laughs> one. 100. 100% natural ingredients, purest forms, all products backed by nutritional science using only the highest quality and essential ingredients. They don't use artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners, which is helpful because I'm addicted to their core drinks. If it was artificial, we'd have a problem here in about <laughs> six to eight months. 
<laughs> really obsessed with their flagship core drink. You need to be too. It's I, so I just ref spoiler alert. I can cycle again. I can start riding the bike a little bit. Get out. I know. You didn't tell me this. It just happened Friday, and uh, it's big news. Um, but as of today and tomorrow, a few days through the elastic band, I can start flat surfaces. But my point is, I'm riding with proven nutrition. You should be too. Keep the podcast afloat. Let's let's move to some UFC. Okay. Um, I guess this segment brought to you by. Um, oh no. Mickey Dana, like Dana yeah. Mickey, the Dana Mouse. Raph, I would like you to introduce the people. Now that ESPN, whose flagship parent company, Disney, who also runs ABC, which explains why Kimmel is so up ESPN and The Bachelor. doesn't matter. Bachelor yep. coming Tuesday. That's just a free plug. It starts wow. tonight, I think. But I've got it yeah, it works better if you don't <laughs> yourself. Go up the ass of The Bachelor. I just want to make sure. You're right. That's my bad. I'll have to button it up. Um, Raph, what's going on with this deal? And tell us a little bit about who you think should be the spokesperson. Well, uh, okay. How do I say this? It's been a weird week. All right. Let's put the whole deal in context for everybody. I know some of you guys were asking this question. You're like, I don't understand what this means. You might have seen me put up a meme with uh, Thanos being replaced with Mickey Mouse's head. And it has, instead of Infinity Stones, it has Marvel, Lucas. uh, You know, right now there's a deal that's close, but maybe Comcast outbid them for 20th Century Fox, which you won't understand until you figure out your movies and TV shows go to a different place. Long story short, the UFC wanted to make more money. So when they got that big merger, the $4.2 billion thing, right? Everybody remembers that. They thought they were super big business. And they are, in in ways, a growing sport. So they do appeal to a demo that's very friendly to advertisers. But they've seen a little bit of a decline in this past year from a very, very big 2016. So the UFC was coming to the end of a deal that they brokered with Fox years ago back in 2011. And it was a very, very profitable deal because Fox was able to launch a whole new channel, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Dose, if you would, based off the UFC's properties for original programming. It's not to say they didn't have other sports, but you saw the UFC probably more than just about any other sport get coverage uh, for any of their other properties. And it was because they became like the exclusive television deal holders. Well, the UFC decided to push all in and said, we'd like to take that $114 million annual fee that we charge you for our sport, and we'd like that to go to $400 million a year, Fox. Meanwhile, Fox's response was, <laughs> you want what? <laughs> Fuck you. We're going to football. Bye. So Fox made a huge package deal for about $5.5 billion for the television rights for Thursday Night Football, stealing it from NBC and CBS, who had kind of a joint custody uh, sharing on this. So you have to ask yourself, Kev, if they eliminate that $5.5 billion from their piggy bank, you would think they'd be a little bit more selective with how they're going to renegotiate with the UFC, right? (laughs) 
I would think, but this is the part that confuses me endlessly about some of the things the whole Fox Sports division seems to accomplish. Absolutely. I mean, they have a robot. You think that that robot could do a simple spreadsheet, but instead it does the electric slide, which is not the purpose of a robot. Terrifying. Cletus, fuck you. I can't believe you have an account, too. So let's get back on track here. So, again, you think the UFC is kind of in a bad shape. So they lost their negotiating window, which then opened it up to uh, all the other networks. And for a while, Kev, I'm not kidding you when I say this, they were seriously considering just going streaming. They purchased... The UFC, which is kind of crazy to me, but... Yeah, and that, to me, while it is the future, it's not the now. And it's good to be ahead of the curve, but there's a reason why even the MLB still needs a television distribution because television is going to deal you in the millions. While right now, uh, streaming is in the lower millions, but you want to reach as many people as possible while at the same time getting the best deal you can. So Fox countered with about 200 mil. No, no, I'm sorry, 150 mil per year, which is basically them shilling out like 34 extra bucks to the UFC each season. So imagine, Kevin, you ask me, Raph, I'd like to get a raise for doing the show. And I'd be like, all right, well, I'm all ears. What is uh, you would like to pay yourself on this? And you said, I currently make $114 million from Verbal Tap. I'm like, okay, so what do you want to raise to? And in my head, I probably figure he's probably going to go at like another 100 mil. So I'll, I'll give him like a $50 raise. Let's see what happens here. And you come back and you go, I would like $400 million. And I go, I'm sorry. Excuse me? For doing the same thing that you already do? What's the deal? You've been smoking way less weed, which makes you less profitable. So I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. And what did they think was going to happen, by the way, as like baseball deals and networks start popping up? I mean, just the sheer amount. I, I just this is so stupid to me. <laughs> It's like TV is going to be harder and harder to find. Do you really want to alienate? And I guess they did. And over this is I think this is a massive win for the UFC. Well, here's where it gets interesting. Somewhat. So Fox comes back and they say that 150, right? So you think they're just done. Like that's all they're going to negotiate. Not so much. Now they're making a play for the WWE. So they're going to take SmackDown. And Vince very shrewdly got them to make a $200 million per year deal. Now imagine this. The UFC, which has nothing to do with anything WWE, is asking themselves, like, hey, can we get a little bit of a raise? We've been a show pony for you. We raised one of your networks. We're consistent. We still high demos with males. And consistent, consistent, consistent. And Fox goes, nah, we'll take the WWE. They're not asking for as much. And we'll give them 200, which is actually 50 million more than you were being offered, and a uh, way better deal for demo and the men too, and kids and families. Uh oh. <laughs> Bye. So that deal looks like it's going to go through. That they're going to end up getting SmackDown. Put that on Friday nights, which is actual, not just Fox Sports. It's being talked about on being Fox Friday nights. To which Kevin is an interesting conundrum because that was the same night they promised to Tim Allen for Last Man Standing on the Revival for a show that they were bitching about that got canceled because uh, freaking liberals uh, don't like it. I didn't know freaking liberals didn't like it. I, I knew I didn't like it, but I, it wasn't political. You weren't wrong. 
I, it was not. I, I struggle with shows anytime they hint at a laugh track. I apologize. It happened even when John Mulaney was on. I mean, I, I just can't that do it. That was not a good show. You, you can't blame him. I'll say this. For all of its political strife, uh, the Roseanne show is like a well-oiled machine because <sighs> you well, the, again, you don't have to. I was just but, worried they were going to ruin something I loved as a child. And I was like, no, that's been happening a lot to think like most of the reboots. Yeah. Not great. Bad percentages. I think you have to taper your expectations. So when I see there is a Roseanne reboot, I'm not thinking of anything other than, man, you know, it's good that John Goodman's around TV. I miss him. Oh, Lori Metcalf didn't win an Oscar because Allison Janney, but she's still really good. Hey, everybody's here. Good job. So in that respect. It runs like a very well-oiled machine. You can respect that. Anyway, long story short, uh, Last Man Standing is garbage. And if you like it, you just – you're garbage too. I don't know. I don't want to make any assumptions here. So here's again where we say, where does ESPN come in all this? ESPN makes a bid for $150 million, and they say we're going to stream the digital thing. So now instead of having the UFC Fight Pass, which used to be a show pony for the UFC, now they're actually going to have to give their digital library in great part – and 15 future uh, cards that will be exclusively on the ESPN digital service. Whatever the fuck that means, because I don't know. So instead of seeing something on Fight Pass, you're going to see it on their digital uh, streamer for ESPN, which means you have to pay $5 extra. Yeah. Now, what do you get if you keep Fight Pass? Dick. And by dick, <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, we still support our friends over at EBI and Polaris and Glory, who desperately have to be looking at their package deals and going i'm sorry what you're doing what with who now so that's terrifying but kev once they did that they then made a huge announcement that the ufc was now going to be on espn itself now before we get into talking about the weird analysis side of this we should acknowledge one thing years ago the espn made news when they covered a weigh-in of a Quentin Rampage-Jackson fight, that was as much as they did because they didn't whisper a word of MMA for over a decade and change. So it is significant that the premier, like one that started it all for cable sports, ESPN, now has the UFC. So let's take a second. I think we should acknowledge that, right? Uh, but sure. <laughs> okay. But now let's address the elephant in the room, which is ESPN is a shell of what it used to be. So there's all that. Yeah. That is big, by the way. They are struggling in terms of just business, some of the decisions, a lot of cuts, a lot of, yeah. you know. But anyway, I, so for yeah. me, I guess I'm excited to see what flares ESPN changes. I think this is a massive blow to UFC fight pass, but I think it's good for the ufc to diversify and we'll see what the espn audience brings yes espn even i mean i've been watching their coverage of the ncaa softball tournament it's just great so just find your way to it and you know you'll you'll get to sample what's to come well, no robots Kev, I think, no robots I have, but i think we have a representative who uh, would like to speak with us about uh the future if you would Hailing from the lab of UFC Disney Productions and Media, a standard of professionalism not seen since Hoover was in office, we have the 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 new official spokesperson. I'll let them introduce themselves as such a singular honor in naming. Um, here now, you know what we've got: our spokesperson, a, a lovely hybrid. 
Oh, boy. Oh, well, it's so great to be on uh, the Verbal Tap podcast. Hey. Oh, wow. It's it's Mickey Mouse. This That's is, right. <laughs> this is way more pleasant than I thought when I said the memo that said surprise guest. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's fun? Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, well, Mickey, uh, what's the, the happy, like, do you have like a, what's the greatest thing about the UFC joining? Well, um, one of the nicest things that's going on is me and Mr. White are becoming best friends. <laughs> oh, God. What do you so, mean, best friends? Well, he's, uh, teaching me to, you know, stop being so uptight and, uh, you know, call these guys fucking dummies. So, uh, that's what I'm doing. No, don't, I don't think that's a good idea. Like I would just the press shouldn't have rights. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, Mickey, you know, just remember you bring joy and it's supposed to be about spreading cheer when you watch all these events, not just about uh, the money. Oh, well, that's very nice of you to say, to remind me. Um, it's not like I haven't brought joy to people's lives for 60 plus years, <laughs> but sure. I'll, I'll go and listen to some bum fuck over here. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Hey, but um, I'll tell you one thing. I love these fights. Uh, Mickey didn't know he had such a, a lust for blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, lust? Like, you yeah. mean you like the fights that are a little bit more aggressive and competitive? or? Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the ways that I've lived for so long, I drink blood. So, okay. Well, Mickey, thanks for coming on to hype the new... <laughs> It's been so much fun to talk with you. Hey, you're a swell guy. Um, uh, Dana was saying really nice things about you. Uh, that that's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> he is a fucking dummy. <laughs> oh, okay. You know what? I don't need any more. For okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dana White's new best friend, Mickey Mouse, I guess, to talk about the merger. I I, I already talked about it. But oh God. Anyway, goodbye, here. everybody. <laughs> Thank you uh, for your time. This is why you just have to think about the long-range effects of a deal has always been my concern about these things. I was not thinking about the social influence of the UFC on Disney, but I cannot wait to go visit their new adventure theme park. Fuck your face. Uh, Raph, I am <laughs> genuinely yeah. curious about what happened last night at UFC Fight Night, but I'm not very curious. Oh, like no. I'm, it, like it's it's very much there, but it's not a lot. So yeah. I'm only mildly genuinely curious. I saw training partner Neil Magny won. Yes, I'm calling him training partner because of that one class he showed up to as I was leaving. <laughs> training partner Neil Magny <laughs> and. <laughs> The big story of the night is fat-ass Darren Till, who marched into the cage like a jolly green giant. Stephen Thompson even said after the fight, he was like, you know, he was heavy. I could I could feel his weight in there. We were like, yeah, we got it. He was overweight. He's a big it was, boy. He was wildly populated. Raph, what did I miss with this fight? It was a pretty good fight. The difficulty that many people have is that they felt it was a scrimmage. They felt like they were sparring. At least that's how the whole UFC on Fox team felt. And they let you know they were not happy with the result. Now, I wasn't displeased with the fight. When you have a technical counter striker, you do have to kind of adjust 
part of the way that you expect the fight to go or at least kind of keep some of your hopes in check. In this particular instance, Wonder Boy was not running. He was just a little more pressed against the cage. That may have contributed to the judges saying that he lost the fight. Uh, However, he did connect more, Kevin. So we had one of those weird situations where it's octagon control versus who struck more and who landed more. And there are some really cool exchanges in here. It was just a little – it was more tense than it was in actuality uh, a major slobber knocker of a fight, which considering both of these guys' talent is more than capable. So anyway – um, I mean, watch the fight. I watched it today. I actually put myself on Instagram and as I watched it and I had people chime in and Kev, I got to tell you for as a fight, as close as that one, the overwhelming response was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a tough weekend to slide it in. You know, you got game sevens. No one well, was- he did it at fucking 8am in the morning for us over here on the best coast time. Oh, yeah. So, when they talk about having a, a, a nice event on a Sunday, which, fine. And I messaged Kevin on this. I go, why is it on the one Saturday that I 100% want the UFC to be on? It's on a Sunday. <laughs> I was so bored out of my mind on that Saturday where I go, just show it to me now. Uh, but instead, I had to wait a day. They could sense it. They just knew. And the UFC has that skill. So if, wildly, a a card not going to be missed, I guess, is the um, – because I was about to say a wild ending, but it's not. It's just kind of a weird, controversial ending on a fight where the main card missed weight, which is not fantastic. Okay, but let's address that because that's weird. And it brought up an issue that I didn't even know was an issue. Uh, so Darren Till misses weight. Dana White goes off uh, at one point uh, saying it's – a true tragedy. He should be ashamed of himself that he didn't make weight in his own town, which I guess is a weird circumstance. I get the idea that you want to show up for your hometown, but if I showed up and I didn't make weight in my hometown and that was the worst part about not making weight, I'm pretty sure the people in my hometown would be like, yeah, have you seen him? He's fat. We get it. And when Stephen Thompson is saying he's a big boy, what he means is, yeah, dude, He's kind of a hard guy to move. So having those extra pounds while people say it don't, doesn't really make a difference, then why agree to a weight? Yeah. I don't know. It's just a weird sort of thing to just tell someone I agree to be at this weight and we'll do it. And I have to say, one of the things I did respect about Darren, and I'm still a little iffy on what it all means, but he was owning up to it. He said there's no excuse uh, except for the excuse, he said, maybe about one of his family members being an emergency. Um, and that was unclear. It became, I think his wife is pregnant. And I think one of the stories was that she might've been at the hospital and he still needed to lose 11 pounds or five stone or whatever the fuck they call it. But still trying to lose 11 pounds and your wife goes to the hospital. Uh, Okay. There's a lot to unload here. I just know you came in fat. And then he offered to give up his entire purse to Steven Wonderboy Thompson, which uh, sounds good in jest, I think. But um, okay. So they ended up taking 30% of that, which is a very strange denomination, which tells me Wonderboy was probably just confused by it and goes, wait, what? 
But then they came up with the second qualifier, which I thought was interesting. And it kind of talks about something that we talked about last week, which is they said he had to hit 188 pounds. So he had to do a second day uh, weigh-in sort of a situation. So that he came in 3.5 pounds heavy from their original marker. Then they said, no, you have to be under 188 in order for this fight to actually happen before it goes on. So like a few hours before the event takes place, you have to be that weight or else the fight's off, which is bold because they didn't have really shit to lean on if he didn't make that weight. Uh, in terms, no disrespect to the other fighters, but Neil Magny made mincemeat out of an opponent that was somebody who just took it at the last second, which props to that guy. But That's I mean, balls. Was I was old. just going to say, that's brave. I do not have that bravery inside of me. I do not either. I also know <laughs> it's not the most exciting of fights to watch. So, Kev, as we are discussing this, and it is interesting. It's Craig. Craig. <laughs> Craig. A lot of tribal tattoos with Craig. So the the interesting thing for me on all this is he doesn't make the weight. But the one thing I learned from when they did the second weigh-in is they didn't allow media to cover the weigh-in for the second time. I think that's really fascinating. And Ero Hawani, being the journalist that he isn't, according <laughs> to Dan White, uh, ended up getting some kind of photo evidence that showed he made 187.3. But that's some shady shit. What do you mean the media can't be allowed to cover that? If that doesn't happen, are you meaning to tell me that you might have let that fight go on had we not had evidence? Like, what would have happened there, right, Kev, right, if you didn't make right. that? Wait, wait. All right, right whatever. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Say your problem shit. with letting media in is that then they're going to write down what happened. And they're not even going to care if it looks bad or not. They're just going to fucking jot it down and move about the day. And we cannot have that, mm-hmm. obviously. So mm-hmm. just you know, take their photos, jot things down, those assholes. Keep your priorities straight. You just all of a sudden seem so, so confused. So, Kev, he comes in. The fight's good. Tepid. Some people might be disappointed that one person on our uh, Facebook said, oh, "The fight was so boring. We're just kickboxing each other." Kickboxing is very entertaining, so you are misguided. Uh, that was a good fight. Uh, could it have been better? One hundred percent. A lot of things could be better, but for what it was, I was entertained. I, I, I enjoyed it, and it had flashes of being really super fun. Um, but again. I still kind of saw how they gave it to Darren. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just kind of saying when I saw it, I go, I'm not that upset about this. Um, anyway, post fight though, guess what? Hmm. Dana's super confused on what to do because fatty came in on his hometown, which is a qualifier. Then says he doesn't know what he's going to do with him because he just beat the number one contender for a title that he had already fought for. So now he's got to figure out, okay, shit, Wonder Boy's already kind of had his chances, so... This is my favorite Dana, by the way. Upset about a problem he created. (laughs) is one of my favorite Danas. Then dude, like, who came in too fat and he's bitched about and reprimanded, then has a fight that he wins, and Dana says, you know what I'm going to fucking do? I'm going to fucking pull him in to fucking Vegas. That's what I know for sure is happening. I don't know when it's happening, but he's fighting in Vegas next. As if, like... 
I can keep my eyes on him in Vegas. If he goes to a buffet, I've got a fucking sensor that'll show me some shit. But the most egregious of things that really shows you how selective they get about this, though, Kev, is that Dana said, this is my favorite thing about this whole press conference, Dana said he's only missed weight once. Like, this is the only time it's ever happened. False. He has missed weight before. But isn't it convenient that Dana somehow forgot that fact when he now has somebody he doesn't know what he's supposed to do with and very well just made a strong statement as to getting at least, if not a title shot, which he was saying he doesn't deserve, but that's a whole chapter into itself. But he says now he's got to figure out what to do with him with a top 10 contender. And that's a very weird place to be. And this whole business about him saying he doesn't deserve a title shot is right up there with Kobe saying, you know, let's just enjoy my number one contendership for the middleweight title. <laughs> Look, no one's time. saying who the best president of all time was, <laughs> right? Was it Abraham Lincoln? Was it Thomas? Was it Kobe Bryant? I don't know. I just, I want to enjoy. A lot of people are saying I was up there with at least, I'm at least JFK. I people are saying, I mean, but that's an era discussion. So, Raph, as we, I'm, well, we're footnoting. We're actually kind of done. That's interesting, though, UFC-wise. It's, again, another tough week for them with their main event, which is always, they just, I hate it when people uh, miss weight like that, and they have no fucking clue what to do, but sorry. Yeah. Can I also say, though, that I had mentioned last week how our buddy Eric Rios didn't get a fight at the fights that I was covering because his opponent came in like 23 pounds heavier. So I get the qualifier to make him hit a certain weight so that it seems, I guess, logical. Um, it was just, a, it was all things considered one of the weirdest situations you can have with a fight that I know people are disappointed by. It kind of espouses the fact that it was kind of weird. But if I can make one redeeming quality to all of you guys who are listening right now, if you have not seen the night. Americani fight. Go have some fun with that one because I felt like that. I don't know that I would say something as dramatic as redeem the card, but it definitely made it a lot more fun uh, to uh, watch. And 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 there's just two people who were really interestingly matched up and and paired up, and they seem to go for it, dude. It's just a, a fun. It, like dudes using fucking rubber guard in the middle of. Uh, playing from there like anytime you see that you go oh well that's kind of fun to watch at least there but there's a lot of really fun exchanges between the two all over the place last thing on darren till afterwards he has a post fight with uh was it dan hardy or paul one of the two but he has a post fight in there and they ask him questions where they say is there anything you want to say and he gets into the Conor McGregor, I'm not afraid of fucking nobody. And you go, okay. I, I believe you, dude. You, I mean, it's kind of weird to be this amped when you're so fat. I just, I was like, are you afraid a little bit, uh, <laughs> just a little bit of the calories involved in cafeteria food? <laughs> and then uh, he drops with uh, the word that rhymes with country. Oh, music if you would i think i, I don't know that it yeah i'm with you uh the shortage of outbursts from our european friends in the fight community is it's just they do the best yells don't they like when they anyone really needs to lose it they're the best at it 
Yeah. But when he says that he doesn't deserve the title shot, uh, man, that's that's bold proclamation statements. Uh, it's, you know, he made a statement against Wonderboy, I guess, kind of. It was more of an ellipsis than a period, I think. But well, it was good. good I mean, when was everyone comes out of the fight not sure if the decision was right. That's not a commanding victory. Well, let's review the people who were upset about it. Number one was Michael Bisping. So discard that opinion immediately. Second one was Michael Kisa, uh, who very famously said he never tapped. He just kind of convulsed as if his arms were shaking, as we all do when we're in rear naked chokes. And then look at Karen Bryant as she's watching the two of them, and she just goes, is that what you mean to say? <laughs> okay, because what if people think like this? No? Okay. Okay, well, sure. All right. Well, I'm Karen Bryant. And go to a Motel 6. Whatever. Bye. I'm sponsored by Motel 6. This is a good time to talk about their new prices. This <laughs> there is a small tournament coming up this weekend, mm-hmm. Raph, in mm-hmm. the jiu-jitsu world. <laughs> Would you like to announce to the people your big news about it? Well, I guess we maybe I should. <laughs> You're going? That's the rumor? <laughs> This is what happens when the production team has to play small forward for the Cavaliers. I don't know. Where's the bulletin board? (laughs) Raph, what's that news that you need to break? Um, I'll just break it for you. You're going, right? (laughs) What's that news? Here we go. I'll just uh, say it. I went to interview school. They said don't do this, but they seemed iffy about it. (laughs) If only more interviews were conducted like that. Uh, you got a major interview uh, with who is this? Um, oh wow, Rudy Giuliani! We couldn't believe we oh, grabbed God. you today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, I like oh no, the, no, oh. I, I think you know where that metaphor goes. Oh yeah, Rudy, you had a big announcement. You, uh, your guy colluded. Well, hold on. Did you want to? Should I <laughs> say it or? Ooh, ooh! You had something you were going to admit, but d- I don't want to jump ahead. I don't want to get ahead of you. Admitted to collusion, right? What was oh thing? no! Oh shit! My bad. Okay, well, you took the plea deal, right? I didn't well, ruin that part, did I? Yikes! Well, okay, Kev. Yes, I am going to IBJJF Worlds. This is woo! the first time I have been credentialed to cover IBJJF Worlds. I'm looking very excited to that. Uh, and uh, yes, I use that phrase. I'm looking very excited to that. I want to uh, say it because of this reason. We'll be doing photographs from there. So if you are competing, please throw your names at us, at your times, uh, the belts. Make it as easy as possible because I'm an idiot. And if you don't tell me exactly where and when I'm supposed to be and what your name is, uh, it's nice when you have people with screen names who say, hey, go find me, Magical Unicorn 29. It does not work when I try to find Magical Unicorn on the bracketing lists anyway yeah so we're excited because we want to get some shots um if you are so interested and you want us to take some photos of you feel free to reach out to us we'll go over our rates but to verbal tap listeners i will offer this one exclusive thing if i am there and i am photographing and you see me and i get a shot we will give you one free shot because you guys make our lives so much better by listening to the show and we love our verbal tap fans now granted i can't accommodate this to every fucking person in the world but if you give me enough uh head time and headway uh i can make some notes and we can get you some so we want to make it fun but yes just one photo because i'll say this 
We've been putting up photos from the last few things that we've covered. And here's some surefire ways to not get a photographer to like you. Number one. Hey, where are those photos? Oh, no, that's not how this works. Number two, cropping out our logo or not attributing where you got the photo from in both the comments and the tags. Sometimes you hear people say, well, I put your tag on there. Nobody sees that, you idiot. Then another person saying, well, the logo was there. That's fine. Tag the Instagram. Or my off favorite. Oh, do you have to do that? And it's like, motherfucker, we could report your ass if we really wanted to. But just be nice and pay it forward. That's pretty much it. So, yeah, don't say those things to me. I think we'll be just fine. But, yeah, Kev, isn't it an exciting time to be in jiu-jitsu and see exactly how the sausage is made when these brackets are put together? I want to talk about this. Okay, IBJJFbrackets.com. Raph, I'm all for a good movement. I love it. Transparency, it's important, but I want to read the first sentence too. IBJJFbrackets.com. Official bracketing. How are IBJJF brackets created? It's a question mark with a picture. Contrary to what many people think, comma, I, which I'm going to take a quick pause. That's a great way to start it. That's just contrary to what many think. It's like not an answer to the question. Black belt IBJJF brackets for all major IBJJF tournaments, including the world championships, are determined and created through a closed-door meeting among some of the sport's most prominent and well-connected leaders and power brokers. I could not be clearer about what I'm about to say. That is not contrary to what anyone thinks. <laughs> that is exactly what we always accuse them of. I want to be clear, there were times we also accused them of just throwing pieces of paper at an angry chimpanzee and then writing down what it threw at the wall. So there's been like a few theories, I guess is my point, but everyone knew it was a small group of well-connected power brokers. To be very fair, I've always thought that a chimpanzee could do a far better job. So Certainly would help with some of the uh, first-round matchups. So if you're interested, uh, head on over to ibjjfbrackets.com but ref i can't uh i guess it would surprise me to see ibjjf be like you know what it's time to turn it's time to be more inclusive it's time to show where these brackets come from can you imagine that can i make a important announcement i feel it's kind of the same topic if kevin were ever competing in a closed-door setting where we kind of, you know, say, hey, uh, where does Kevin rank on the brackets? And then we announce that to the public and we say, all right, now here's where Kevin's going to fight. If someone asked me, did you flat-out rig that for Kevin? 100% I would say yes. Kevin, you have three buys all the way to the quarters. That's Yes, it's four, to, it's four to win for the championship. Except yeah, for I'm really looking forward to it. Did you see my verbal tap patch ready for the finals? <laughs> Kevin 100% did uh, the shoots and ladders uh, stipulation. What, what is the shoots and ladders stipulation? Oh, uh, he had his little raff, icon. Raff, 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 stop explaining. It's a closed door process among <laughs> some of verbal tap's highest power brokers. I'm, most just, Kev, I'm just saying. For us bitching about it, I feel that if we are ever truly a part of the IBJJF 
and we shadily put you in there, we'll admit it. Mm-hmm. We'll say like, yeah, do you not do you not help your friends? Because I value my friend and he deserves to be there. Yeah, he didn't qualify for nationals. Whatever. This is worlds. So. Uh, lightning striking behind me in case anyone <laughs> hears something they're like oh is my alarm going off no <laughs> that is live here in denver raf i also want to be super clear i would stack you against keenan first rounds like but I'm, we're not i'm not a black belt in the super heavy yeah i know that's what's gonna make it great <laughs> can't wait <laughs> uh look out and I, I didn't sign up i know that's what makes it double great <laughs> <laughs> look how surprised you are right now but I really hope that you would try to say it to me in the way that people always say. You would turn down the opportunity to roll with Keenan. No, 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 no. This is compete. This is, this compete. is different. This is not. About turning down the opportunity. Like train? Absolutely. Uh, compete against? He's going to murder death. Kill me. No, 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 no. I'm good. <laughs> murder death. I love that phrase. Rap, I want to introduce some of the brackets of this fine competition. Let's go to adult male black heavy. Okay. Where Keenan has a first round by pansy stand and fight like a man. But what's weird is he fights an Atos person. Potentially. Um, he, he might end up fighting someone from his own team in the next round whom, um, thanks bracket for, I don't know what their last name is. <laughs> Raphael Venezuela. Damn it. Okay. Keenan's winning this, though, right? Probably. Who else? Ooh, Jackson D'Souza's got a nice buy. And, oh, damn it. I might get my patch revoked. How is he still down in this lovely fight bracket? Shanji's got a buy. In this, uh, yeah. yeah. So he actually will end up probably fighting um, Felipe or Adam, it looks like. Uh if he makes the pass, that'll be fun. Damn, how is fucking... I love that about, like, all of a sudden still seeing his rock. It's <laughs> a nice part about jiu-jitsu. Uh, bracket next, Raph. Would you rather hear about... Oh, damn it. How do they do this? Oh, men and then black. Okay. Well, where are you looking at this? Uh, BJJcompsystem.com. Okay. Which, by the way, needs a better title. It's definitely does well. It's tournaments. It's from the IBJJF website. I clicked. It I understand. Because uh, I was looking for where Dop and Pope are both in. So is Elliot Kelly. That's going to be a really good. And I was trying to find where Low was because ah, there he is from Alliance. Nicholas Marigoli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I'm on the Nicholas Marigoli bandwagon, as you know. Yeah, okay. Um, let me see what I'm seeing here. It's very loud. It's now hailing on my house. Oh, is that what's one. happening over that's there? Hail. Yeah, that's hail. Holy shit. I thought you were just like, you had the monkey typing in the background. No, this is uh, live podcasting here in extreme Listen, weather Denver. Monkey, reorganize these brackets now. Oh, gross. That's going to leave a mark on the car. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, no. It got so sad so quick. <laughs> Here's what I appreciate about the uh, bracketing system, and I know we made the joke of it. Your joke is actually the best on this, which is: don't you get inherently suspicious of 
an organizational system that brings out these brackets on the same cocktail napkins that we use to plot out Nick Cage movies. I'm definitely worried about it. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like uh, there's a level of concern, yeah, but I think it also adds a randomness. It's pretty fun. Oof, okay. So, Buchecha at what? Adult Ultra Heavy? Is that what we're going there? Oh god, is that what he's at? Adult Ultra. Oh. I think he just he goes wherever he now wants. I have to. a very upset Wait. hound dog that's just venturing <laughs> me. I'm sorry. Tiny Hound's like, did you know it's storming out there? Well, ultra heavy. Tanner Rice is in ultra heavy. That always stuns me. Yeah. Does not look it. Does not look it. I ever. And it's always like I, I guess maybe you got bigger again, but on that side we've also got a hold on, Felipe Pena, I believe, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. It's got to be a good one. All right. So between oh, those. Oh, I mean, over here too. Yeah, Yuri's in the conversation. Me. I just feel like, <clears throat> especially yeah. when you see Marcus Buchecha is there, we just go like, aren't we good here, people? Chach. The Chach. Who's got a buy? And that'll be a fun Tanner Wade Rice matchup I'm hoping for already. Uh, I'm going to head over to medium heavy. Okay. And probably uh, bow out after this one because it gets a little normal. A little dicey after this. <laughs> well, the rounds like these are not as filled as you as you'd think, and they have the names to where you can only see like two of them with some of them because they've got like nineteen names. It's like damn it. Uh, but you've got Silva, so you got Lucas Silva. Yeah, everybody's getting bigger. There's Tarsus. Okay, so there's gonna be some fun fighters in this one too. All right, Raf. Big mm. prediction. Do you think we're going to see a massive, like, um, what do we normally see out of the world? Like, sometimes we'll see a really cool introduction into some new guard territory and the way people tie up lapels. So, word on the street, Kev. <laughs> Which, by the way, I said, Kevin, uh, one of my favorite shows is Police Squad. It made six episodes. It got turned into the naked gun. But it's the basis. It was a failed TV show. But they had a character by the name of Johnny Shoeshine, who the entire purpose of this character was he's just like, yeah, I ain't seen nothing. What are, you, what are you talking about? And the guy goes, do you know who killed this woman? And then they just slip him like $20. And he goes, yeah, it's this guy named uh, Tony. He hangs around this place. He does this. And they did that as a comedic beat. So when Kevin goes, Raph, what's going to be the next Guard. Well, I don't know nothing, man. I haven't heard anything. Haven't Kevin heard. slips me another twenty dollars. It's all about the universe, guard. I hear right now. Shanji's working on something called the universe guard. Except you get stabbed with six blades right in your shoulder. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Can I say something? I've never said this joke to you, Kevin, but have you ever noticed that the six blades look suspiciously similar, at least in their spacing? And I understand six. There's only so many ways to space it. But whenever I walk into Walmart and I see like how they space yeah, those things, pricing. Yeah. yeah, I just look at that and I go, is that the same? It's also the color. <laughs> okay. You know, we don't talk about it. There's a legal fight <laughs> between Hubero and Walmart. I wanted to make sure that I brought it up and not you. What a day for Verbal Tap Legal to be coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers in the defensive department. 
the I will also say Leanna Dietrich, keep an eye out um, in the adult female black middle. And I'd say we're rounding third on our IBJJF coverage. If I were going to predict a guard, I'd call it the lightning guard. And Ooh. maybe that's because of the storm that's um, currently like terrifying me. But it could just be. I've been trying to think of something nimble, something fast. Like you could, I just want a cooler name, guard. Like I don't want somebody to be like, "Oh, it's the garden guard." It takes a while to grow, or like something. Oh, that's my cucumber plant. I want something focused and aggressive. Like this is the wasp guard, you know. <laughs> wasp guard. Hey, tell one of the meows to invent something called wasp guard, and we'll be ready to <laughs> see it. Um, I am also ref. This is a quick appeal. I want to mm-hmm. let people know, and maybe we need to start a website um, called uh, SaveTheUltimateFighter.com. Dana oh. White said the Ultimate Fighter might be on its last leg. Yeah. Ref, tell the people why they should let us run the Ultimate Fighter. Because it can't lose any more money. <laughs> That's a good argument. I mean, what, you guys think that it's going to lose more money for you? You think less people are going to tune in? We're getting to the point now where our numbers are almost better than the Ultimate Fighter. So take that for what you will. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm just saying this. At a certain point, Dana, you got to let someone else take the reins. And if you don't want to do it, then kill it because you're going to put on three or four different shows. So when Dana says that he's not sure if he's going to kill it or not, what he means is when he offered it in the Disney package, I'm pretty sure Disney goes, we're good. Uh, and no one once in that meeting was like, unless we wanted to put Disney characters on. Oh, my God. Would. Because then you could put the Avengers on there because they own Marvel, too. Yeah. So you want to design the next roller coaster. It's time to learn how to beat ass. <laughs> I, oh, <laughs> I've i never really thought of it this way. When you joked about the UFC experience coming to ESPN, then coming into Disneyland, I guess I didn't really consider the opportunities for themed rides until you brought it up. But A, phenomenal. B, when you do start to talk about themed rides, because that means that like at Disney World you can have an octagon there and then you could actually see fights happen there because you know Disney makes money and UFC doesn't sometimes. So it'd be good. I'm just saying, Pluto, if you know what's good for you, you show what's good in the third round. Um, that would be fun. But the real thing I did take away from that that I forgot to bring up is I've thought about this, Kev so much now to the point of downtown Anaheim is fairly MMA friendly, but they always try and keep it very family friendly in terms of where Disney is. Could you imagine the prospect of people going to Disneyland and then at ESPN bars, there's more UFC being played. That to me was staggering in terms of really seeing the bigger picture. I can't get over Michael Bisping screaming at you as the ride starts. You're not good. <laughs> John Jones rear ends you. It's like, Actually, oh, it's time to get to the fights. Mr. John Jones as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> These are all things we're going to be tasked with coming next week. You and I both have to come with five different ideas for different <laughs> UFC themed rides. <laughs> But I don't know that any of them are going to be better than Mr. John Jones' Wild Ride. So 
here's the the nice encompassing part of the ultimate fighter to return back to it it's still a good show but you know what they've learned with so many of these uh, reality shows they learn that absence makes the heart fonder why did american idol go away for two minutes before ABC brought it back. And their results aren't even as good. They don't have as many millions of people tune in. Because they got the heat of the voice when it was hot. So they said, oh, we're long in the tooth. We used to bring in, we used to be the number one show on all of television. Now we're struggling to make it in the top 50. Fuck, we got to work harder. Let's go away for a couple of years and then bring ourselves back. They've done it with Project Runway. They've done it with major properties. For reality TV, only to bring it back when it's most convenient. So I think what they're trying to tell Dana is euthanize it, but then revive it in a few years, if that's my guess. And what he heard was create seven shows with a similar title. (laughs) Exactly. Or they just said, let that branding die for a little bit. And then who wants to be a Dana White millionaire? Let that go for a while. I think that's honestly... The best contribution John King made to this show was I will not stop calling it that. <laughs> wants to be a Dana King. Uh, I'm looking forward to the future. It's just getting better and better with Dana White. <clears throat> Raph, any last notes before we uh, start to wrap this thing? No, I mean, I'm... Honestly intrigued to see where this UFC deal goes with the ESPN, just in terms of an actuality. We won't know it until the beginning of January in 2019, so we have a few more months. An interesting thing is going to be, does our friend Karen Bryant go with them? Does that, you know, does UFC stop appearing, period, even in news segments on Fox Sports? And what does Fox Sports look like without the UFC? Because I'll tell you, they had prelims on Fox Sports 2. I don't get that right now. And at first I thought about making it a big issue, and then I remembered, oh, right, Disney. Yeah, I don't need to call anybody for that. Mm -mm, I'm good. I'll wait it out. They'll eventually, yeah. (laughs) I don't need to call it. Two more weeks of this bullshit. I can't figure out which FS channel it's on. Is all over. Why Sons of Anarchy yeah. on a sports channel? I don't know. It's just the way mm. Fox Sports does it. I'm looking forward to ESPN putting in a slightly more professional touch on some of the coverage and broadcasting. I'm just curious if they uh, bring, you, in, bring you, a new angle. Are you talking about Ariel Hawani coming on there now? I'm talking to, yeah. Is he? It's Ariel. He's been signed on, which, by the way, super <laughs> Yeah, that's great. So that invites two questions. Number one, is Uncle Dana going to let him on there? Uh, Two, does Uncle Dana have say? Because that deal doesn't go through until, I believe, again, like I said, January of next year. Uh, I think Ariel's closing up shop. I think he just had his last MMA hour for uh, MMA fighting. And I think it's going to be repackaged very soon on ESPN as the Ariel Hawane show, which – is what you do for entertainment shows, but boring. Um, I feel, though, there's going to be also a weekly installment with Ariel and Chael Sonnen, two of the UFC's favorite people. I know they have some respect for at least Chael, though, but for Ariel, they're kind of probably super pissed. So I wonder if Ariel, even if he starts right now, 
uh, lasts until Dana can get his hands on everything. Um, but it will open up the fact that the UFC is going to be strange bedfellows with one of the guys they hated because he broke the news about Brock Lesnar all those years ago. So, Oh, and by the way, Dana did recently say Ariel Hawani is a hack journalist. So there you go. He'll say that about us too, if given the chance. You know, if Dana White called us hacks, I feel like that would truly show us that I don't know. Do we need to retire on that day? I don't know what happens. I'll just tell you this. He will only strike us down and make us more powerful than before. So please, Dana, have at. Can't wait. This has been a sterling review of some shotgunned UFC discussions, some big developments in their world. Little IBJJF uh, tease and preview, mostly listed like sixth fighters. People were like, preview is charitable to what you did. Definitely made a lot of jokes about how they bracket, so uh, feel free to steal that monkey one at a gym near you. I believe it was a chimpanzee. Either way, you can have it for a five-star review on iTunes. Put it in there. Say, loved the chimpanzee joke. We'll know what you're talking about. Mm. Please head on over to ProvenNutrition.com. Head on over. NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Help out good friends of ours, good friends of yours. Keep you snug, keep you healthy. And that's interchangeable, Raph, because we only do business with people that keep us snug and healthy. That's true. Those also, use at ProvenNutrition.com. Use Raph10 as a discount code. Oh, we're Kevin10 as mm. a discount code. That was good melody on your part. Okay, Thank I you. I was like, I know, and I, I was just so mad because I'm like, well, that's how they're going to remember is my melody. And then Kevin was just like, not if I can say so. <laughs> I will abuse it. <laughs> so there's uh, a lot of melody offs coming to uh, 2018's podcast calendar. So stick close to that. NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Prove a new live musical episode, guys. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Shut it up. <laughs> big dance number, big dance number, big dance number. <laughs> Plie. That will do it for us. Bring us to some shout outs. Massive. So I, this is a funny. So Jubera was organizing a big, like, fun trampoline day for the kids program. And it was like, sign up. I will throw dodgeballs at your shot. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things in the big games that they love and i watched it, i was like this is sheer madness and the kids are like way crazier than i thought they would be but it's a nice controlled chaos where they uh work some takedowns and mostly jabara and the instructors just uh, hit them with a big beach ball but then that turned into a hilarious thread about more parents being like oh i gotta get i gotta make time like we'll sign up immediately and then a lot more of him just watching dodgeball to prepare, which was uh, one of my favorite things I've read in a while. So props to the Jabara crew for having a little fun with your jujitsu crowd, which is always a good mm-hmm. thing, especially with the kids, right? Uh, Got to yep. keep them entertained. For us, it's like just trying to keep up. It's a nice break from our lives. It's like, I already enjoy my life and have relaxation. It's like, oh, that's right. So super helpful. That will do it for me, Raph. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and give a big shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. Be mad. Be mad. Good training over this week. Uh, lots of fun stuff. A shout out to, to all the homies there. Let's go ahead and say a big shout out to LA Jiu Jitsu Club. LA Jiu Jitsu.
<laughs> uh, gentlemen there, they train, and what is it, like, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays at 8 a.m., and then is it, like, I don't know, Tuesday, Thursdays at 11.30? It's good stuff. Both the gents were in a parade for Memorial Day uh, out in the uh, Canoga, I believe. Aww. So them with their wrestling teams, the Topanga Canyon wrestlers they all had a great day going out there it's very adorable stuff so shout outs uh, to them and then let's also send a big shout out to uh my good friend uh jake who came through yesterday uh jake is somebody i trained with both at the la jiu-jitsu club and uh, martial arts center he had me on his podcast we talked about the constraints responsibilities and implications of media kev which was fun because um, I think at one point he looked at me and he was like, oh, I didn't know you were this smart. And I was like, oh, hey, I guess. Damn it. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> and the meanwhile, the, the weirdest part about that is I look at him and I go, hey, listen, just because I do fucking impressions on a fucking show and we say some dick jokes and, you know, make fun of people. Hey, hey. Hey. Oh, I, I was hoping you were going to do that thing comedians always do where it's like, you know, it takes intellect to write jokes. <laughs> it's oh, I, would, I wouldn't go that far. I don't. Okay, cool. I don't pretend this is anything more no, than you, what you just should have used. It, that's my point. Oh, yeah. yeah obviously. The one thing I did tell him is a little sneak preview for those listening is I did say, I go, the, the weird part that we're in as comedians when people use uh, the terms politically correct and they like to be able to say the jokes that they want to say. And you get so many people who go, oh, man, I don't like censoring myself. And you go, cool. I, I don't know that you should. But you should also be responsible for the shit you say. So sometimes if you make that joke, I don't feel as bad for you because you did it a free mind and volition. So you should be free to say whatever you want. I go, that's the hard part with so many comics that we know now is just half the time they're bitching about the fact that they go, oh, I can't say this. Like, if anything, comedians are leading the charge on political correctness because they go, ah, I just, I got this really good Asian joke. I, oh, oh, I can't use it. To those people, I don't really feel that bad. But everybody else, you can chill the fuck out. Um, so, yeah, he, he seemed to enjoy some of those things. Uh, I'll let you guys know when that comes out. And a big shout out to our good friends over at 462, where I am told I'm getting a rash guard from them. So if I don't, then I'm going to take back the shout out right now. Uh, but they watched me watching the uh, the uh, Till and Wonder Boy fight. And they very sweetly were saying some nice things. And I always look forward to seeing that. And big shout out to you guys. I very much look forward to seeing you at Worlds. Please stop by to say hi. I know I'm going to be shooting. I know I'm going to be running around not doing videos. Because that's what it says on the thing. No video. So if you guys are wondering where the fuck the interviews are. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but I look forward to doing that. Come say hi. Let's grab Asai when I take the break and pretend like Keenan's are the most boring matches because that'll be fun too. And that's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. Uh, Colin Hurd sucks. <laughs> Thanks God. for listening. <laughs> wasn't even merited on the show. This is not good. <laughs> Please note, the new number is...